Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to Impact Cyber Church, where you're going to church with the whole world. That's right. As of now, Impact Cyber Church is in every single country of the world. That is so amazing. And you know something? I just want to thank all of our world changers who make it possible for people all over the world to get to hear the gospel for free. It doesn't cost anybody anything to watch this program. And I'm so grateful for that. You know something? I've been talking to you ever since the first of the year. Now, if you're, if you're watching this as it's being broadcast, then this is the beginning of 2018 and we're, we're actually seven weeks into the new year, and we've been talking about really how to have heaven on earth. We've been talking about how to experience in this life, in this world, um, what God calls the kingdom of God, or what some people would call heaven on earth. And you can live in heaven on earth. This is not pie in the sky. This is not, this is not saying that everything in the world is always going to go the way you want it to. But this is talking about living in a peace that passes understanding, a peace that really doesn't even make sense uh, sometimes considering what all is going on around you. But, but peace on the inside, regardless of what's going on around you, is better than everything around you going the way you want it to go and still be in trouble on the inside. Now, this if you're watching this uh, when it's being broadcast live, uh, then you know that this is just after Valentine. Usually in February, I do something about relationships. I do something about marriage and, and, and I, you know, I love teaching about relationships. The honest truth is I've got some of the best relationship tools out there I, I think you can get because I get testimonies all the time about it. But I want you to realize, even though we haven't talked one thing about relationships, I'm going to share the greatest gift you could ever give your spouse or your potential spouse or even the people in your life, they will appreciate you more than anything you could ever give them, and it doesn't cost a penny. And today, some of the things I'm going to share with you are going to have the potential to change every single relationship you have, including your relationship with God, but more than anything else, your relationship with yourself, how you feel about yourself, how you experience yourself internally. You know, uh, there's a scripture in the book of Hebrews, 12th chapter, the first verse, it says this, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now, <clears throat> I don't even want to get into explaining the whole concept of sin. I'm telling you, when people hear the word sin, they go to so many religious definitions and concepts and negative sermons that, that you can't even break through to get them to understand sin is not what you probably think that it is. Because all sin is, in reality, is when you do not see, perceive, or experience yourself as being 
who God says you are. Therefore, all destructive behavior comes out of that. When people do not see and experience themselves as children of God, as sons of God, as heirs of God, as a loved of God, when that is not the reality in your heart, then you will have destructive, dysfunctional behavior. And unfortunately, everybody focuses on the behavior and beats you up about what you're doing wrong. And, you know, that doesn't solve any problem. Most of us know what we're doing wrong. We just don't know why we're doing it. We don't understand what's driving us. But in this passage of Scripture, you notice it said that it's not just about getting rid of sin. It's about getting rid of every weight. You know, we're running a race. This is the concept here. We're running a race. And we don't want to be carrying a 50-pound bag of potatoes while we're running this race because even though we might have the strength and we should be able to be fast and we should be able to complete the race, uh, we might not complete it or we might not complete it the way we could because we're carrying this weight with us. Now, it goes on in verse 2, and it shows us, remember, Jesus should always be the model for how we live as an overcomer. You know, today in my daily inspiration, one of the questions I ask today, um, do you really see God when you look at Jesus? And I, the, another question I could have asked is, do you see yourself when you look at Jesus? Because remember, Jesus showed us exactly who God is, but he also showed us who what we could look like, what our lives could be like, if we would just trust God the way Jesus taught us to trust God. But, he, but verse 2, when it talks about getting rid of this weight so you can run the white race, it says, Looking to Jesus, author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, <clears throat> when, when put under the ultimate temptation, which was the fact that Jesus was not only going to die, but he was going to become our sin, and he was going to be momentarily alienated from God, which is what, what greater temptation could there be? Jesus trusted God's promises. Jesus trusted the promises that said who he was in relationship to God. Jesus trusted the promises that said that, uh, that he would be raised from the dead, he would be exalted as Lord over all, that he would overcome death, hell, the devil, and everything else. He trusted that in the face of monumental temptation. Now, I'll tell you something. There, there's a lot of ways to understand temptation. You know, solicitation to do evil um, is the main way that we look at temptation. But really, temptation as much as anything, is not just the solicitation to do evil. It's the feeling of stress, the feeling of lack, the feeling that there's something missing. And see, the moment we enter into a state of lack, of feeling lack, that's when we become vulnerable to different desires, to different things that we're going to try to do to make us feel right about ourselves. Remember, sin is when we don't see and perceive and experience ourselves as being who God says we are. We experience ourselves as being less than who God says we are. So we got this feeling of lack. We got to do something about this lack. Well, that's, that's where we end up in trouble. Now, in teaching his disciples how to pray, and, and you know, again, I just want to mention the series. You know, I, I, once in a blue moon, not very often, you know, we very seldom ever talk about anything about money on here, but once in a blue moon, I'll get some criticism because I've mentioned the series. People say, you shouldn't be selling anything, or I'm not interested in somebody sells anything. Well, let me tell you something. Number one, 
people that purchase products from here, number one, they're investing in themselves because they want to go deeper in this journey than they can go by, even though we put hours of free video out here constantly every month, they want to go deeper in this subject matter. But also, uh, people who invest in themselves by purchasing this product, they also make it possible for you to get these messages for free. You know, the series that goes with this, On Earth as in Heaven, and really the upcoming book, Heaven on Earth, this takes you into incredible details that there's... See, we could spend hours just talking about this issue of dealing with temptation. So if you're interested in it, check out the series. And if not, just keep going back over this stuff, get all you can get out of it. Matthew 6, 13, when Jesus was teaching people how to pray, in the King James, it says, and, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us, some translations say from evil, some translations say from the evil one. Now, when you read that phrase, lead us not, it sounds like, and some people actually believe that God is going to lead you into temptation because He's going to test you. He wants to see your loyalty. He wants to, you know, He, he wants to take you down this path and, 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 and purge all of the evil out of you. Well, I got news for you. None of that's in the Bible. None of that's true. And uh, none, none of that is actually all that denies the finished work of Jesus. You know, uh, Job, was is one of the most misquoted books of the Bible where everybody thinks that Job put God to the test. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what happened. And if you believe that God's always going to be testing you and trying you and all that kind of stuff, I got news for you. You're going to be one unhappy person. You know, uh, uh, religion, I'm sorry, I had to think for a few minutes how I want to say this. See, religion presents this idea of temptation that the devil comes and tries to get you to do something bad, and you need to fight the devil to stop temptation. And, uh, and of course, then there's religion that says, this is God testing you. Well, neither of those views are actually scriptural. In the book of James, first chapter 14, verse, it says this. It says, each person is tempted when he's drawn away of his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. So temptation doesn't even start with the devil. It doesn't start with God. It starts with my desires. When I feel lack, when I feel like I'm not enough, and I have these desires, and I'm going to have to do something to make myself feel adequate, make myself feel like I am who God says I am, then I'm going to end up doing something incredibly destructive. Well, the problem is we all have the same desires. And so <clears throat> it really comes down to this. If I don't believe that God is good, if I don't believe, you know, the Bible actually tells us that God gives us all things for our enjoyment. Amazing. The Bible teaches us that in the garden there was no sin, there was no failure, there was no pain, there was no suffering. We weren't even created to deal with pain. We were created to live in paradise. And so we don't even have this capacity, this capacity to deal with pain, to deal with suffering, to, you know, all this kind of stuff. So what happens is temptation puts us in this state of stress, in this state of, of striving. It's, a, it's not only the absence of pleasure and enjoyment, but it's, it's bringing stress and pain into our life. But remember, James also goes on to say that no man should ever say when he's tempted that he is tempted of God. So, 
if God never tempts me, why would I pray, don't lead me into temptation? Now see, one of the problems that we have is that when we are not steadfast in the Word of God, we, we come up on these contradictions and we choose one or the other. And the truth is, you don't really have to choose one or the other because the Word of God never contradicts itself. And unfortunately, most of us don't know the Word of God to recognize when there's these contradictions. So, we're going to have a translation problem, usually, and uh, or we're just going to have a problem with how we've already made up our mind, we're going to have a perception problem where we perceive it to say something or need it to say something uh, when, when that's not what it really says. So, if the Bible says God never leads us into temptation, we should never say that God leads us into temptation, then would Jesus have really said to ask God, don't lead me into temptation. Whatever you do, God, don't lead me into temptation. I want to tell you something. That kind of translation, that kind of interpretation came out of, uh, out of a time when the church taught gross error that God used suffering to make you righteous. In other words, penance replaced repentance. And people paid for their sin through penance. And through penance and suffering, they were made righteous. You, nobody's made righteous through suffering. We are made righteous through faith in the blood of Jesus. And that and that alone uh, is our righteousness. You see, you can't take this passage of Scripture and lead us not in temptation. You can't take it out of context. You can't lift it out of uh, 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 the passage and actually get the understanding. You know, you know, whenever you're doing translation work, I'll just touch on this. Number one, never, you never lift a verse out of context. Number two, you do, when it's, when, there's, when it's not clear, you do have to identify the original language. But number three, it, ha it has to harmonize with every other word that God has ever said. Number four, it can't contradict any of the names of God. Number five, it can't contradict the teachings of Jesus. And number six, it cannot oppose the death, burial, resurrection, and inheritance that we have in Jesus. See, now that we have a better understanding of temptations, let's just, let's just consider what this verse might really be saying. See, if you back up a couple of verses, you have this. Well, actually, you have, you have, you have Jesus teaching us to deal with our daily provision. Uh, give us this day our daily bread. And then, then it goes straight into verse 12 where it says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, if we break this down to see what Jesus was really communicating, number one, you have to leave this in the context of if my, my daily needs are taken care of, I'm trusting you for my daily needs, and there is no unforgiveness in my heart. I am dealing with unforgiveness. And then he comes in this thing about not being led into temptation. Now, the phrase lead us in the original language literally means to bear up under a burden. In other words, uh, to bear up under a heavy load that would normally cause someone to strive. And this is very probably talking about carrying the burden or the load of unforgiveness toward others because that puts us in strife. Now, 
but actually, it, it would apply to any kind of temptation. It, it could apply to you know the financial struggle, or this sort of thing. So remember, temptation means to test, to try to scrutinize, to solicit to evil, to make, to strive. So, so now the word deliver and deliver us from evil means to, to rescue from, to preserve. And so Strong says it's like the idea of a current, of a stream flowing, that, that sort of like just carries the boat along, that moves it down the stream away from wherever the evil would be. So he's talking about carry us down the stream that frees us from this burden of temptation and away from evil. Now, as long as I have the desire for vengeance, in other words, I'm refusing to forgive you. I'm going to hold your faults against you. That means that I'm always going to want to see vengeance. I may not admit that I want to see vengeance, but I am. I'm going to speak against you. I'm going to gossip about you. I'm, I'm going to, you know, uh, want you to be punished on some level. I want vengeance. Well, the problem is when I want vengeance, that means I've got hatred in my heart. So I've got something in my heart now that interrupts my connection with God, that interrupts my capacity to feel the love of God. Listen, you can't feel the love of God. You can't feel uh, uh, and experience mercy for your own uh, shortcomings. You can't, you can't accept and feel God's forgiveness when you refuse to forgive, forgive I mean, to give forgiveness. So the desire for vengeance or the need to punish or to get even means that I am vulnerable to evil. Now, the question that remains then is, what is evil? Now, this becomes really, really important because uh, if I don't understand what evil is, uh, again, you know, I, I, can, I can end up in some odd places. The word the words evil one that some translations seem to use here would imply deliver, you know, and deliver me not unto the evil one, unto the devil. Well, God's not going to deliver you to the devil. He's already delivered you from the devil. So these words are not in the original language. So this is not talking about the devil. E the word evil, this is not a reference to the devil, and it's not a reference to us even becoming evil. It's a reference to an influence or something that has effects on us that is hurtful grievous. It's like being made to labor, being made to strive. It's, it's about being sorrowful, unhappy, uh, malignant, or toiling, or, or, or destructive desires. Now keep in mind in the book of Genesis, uh, the second chapter of verse 9, it talks about the tree of knowledge of good and evil. There, Again, the word evil is not about bad. It's about something that destroys you. It's about something, it's about distress. It's about chaos. It's about, it's about hardship. God never wants us to live in stress and hardship. So Jesus is telling us that there, there is a way here to be delivered from stress and hardship. And that is first taken care of whenever I deal with my daily needs. I want to tell you something. You want to face every day confident, not only in God's resources, but in the fact that God's resources are your. See, that's one of the things about kingdom living. When Jesus talked about the kingdom of God, 
These people understood what he meant. You know, we've got all these theological concepts of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God was pretty simple. This is the realm where there is a king, and because you are loyal to that king, because you're in a relationship to that king, because you're a citizen of that kingdom, you are protected by that king, and all of his resources are available to you to deliver you, to help you, to strengthen you, and give you this quality, this incredible quality of life. And so the kingdom of God was literally was the concept of living in paradise or living in heaven here on earth. So, so when Jesus taught about this, they understood, they understood what he was talking about. It, was, it wasn't like, uh, you, you know, how we think. So in the kingdom realm, you are connected to God and his protection and all of his resources. So there's never a feeling of lack. Now, if there is never a feeling of lack, there can never be distress, which is the primary, primary concept of evil. So remember, temptation, I feel lack. I am made to strive. And because I feel lack, I have this sense of my needs are not met. My desires are not being fulfilled. So I, 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 I try to fulfill those desires and I do it in some kind of way that's destructive. So I bring sin into my life, which even contributes more to me feeling lack and having this deep sense of distress. Now, that's the cycle that most people live in. That cycle is only resolved, first and foremost, when we know who God is, when we know His character, when we trust His character, and when we relate to Him as sons and heirs, not uh, as slaves and servants. And so as a son connected to God, emotionally connected to God, spiritually connected to God, obviously, connected to God, I have this sense of who I am. But as much as anything, I have this sense and this reality that all the Father has is mine and all the Father's resources are available to meet my needs and to meet my desires. Want, and, and all that happens in your heart. I'm not talking about living a life of greed. I'm not, I'm not talking about whether you're rich or poor. I'm not talking about any of that kind of stuff. I'm talking about something that happens in your heart. By the way, let me mention this. Man, if you're getting blessed by these teachings, and if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure and, and like this video. It makes it possible for thousands of other people to like this video. And I hope you don't mind me taking a second or two to step out and make statements like that because you know something? We need to be thinking about other people besides just ourselves. And so if you're listening to this, stop right now and do that. You may say, well, it's a distraction. Well, you know what? When in the world is a distraction? Jesus dying on the cross was kind of a distraction for him, but he did it anyhow for the benefit of other people. Let's do what will help other people. And of course, at the end of this, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure and subscribe to this channel. It makes it where thousands and thousands of more people have the opportunity to hear the Word of God. So let's put this scripture in context and let's, let's think about what this would probably read like if we left it in context and if we looked at the original language. It'd be, it'd be more like this. I have forgiven others. And I have experienced your forgiveness. And I'm not bearing about under this load of distress and temptation. I'm delivered from toiling and chaos because I have trusted you 
and trust at your word. I, I give people better than they deserve. Therefore, I can feel and experience you giving me better than I deserve. See, this is the incredible thing. Deliver yourself from the sense of lack. Deliver yourself by staying at a place where your heart is at peace with God, where your heart is connected to God, your provider. You know, <clears throat> I'm just thinking of how many times over the years I've had discussions with people where I would, they would be asking me what to do in a situation. And, um, and I would read them something that Jesus taught and basically they'd come back with, you know, I, I, I don't understand. Or they want to have some kind of doctrinal argument about it. You know, I've had people want to have the doctrinal arguments about, okay, Jesus already forgiven our sins, so why is he telling us to pray this way? So obviously you can't listen to Jesus. Uh, Jesus is Lord. He's Son of God. Uh, he's smarter than you are. And so the real question is, when Jesus tells us to do something, number one, he wants us to do it from our own heart. Number two, he wants us to do it from a motive of love where, number one, we're doing it because we want to bring value to people. We want people to connect to God. We want people to, like I say, to experience life better than they deserve. Number three, he wants us to do it from a position of, of relationship with God, of knowing who we are. He wants us, to, he, he wants it to be real. Nothing fake, nothing contrived, nothing forced. And, and this, this is how we live as King's kids. This is how we live and function when we know God is our Father. This is how we live and function when we realize that God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness and it is up to us to choose the kingdom of God. It's up to us to choose what God said has already been settled in heaven. And if we want it, we settle it here on earth. You know, um, it's amazing how many people just won't make a choice. They're begging God to do things that Jesus has already settled for them. And they're begging God to do them. Well, God's not going to deny Jesus. He's going to say, look, if, if you want to be free from temptation, then, then here, here, here's how you do it. Make sure that you're trusting me. Make sure that you're choosing to establish the kingdom in your life. Make sure that you're giving to other people what you want to be able to come back and bring back into your life. Pretty simple. The problem is not that we don't understand. You don't have to understand. The question is, do you believe? You know, for seven weeks now here, I've talked to you about how to have heaven on earth. I've talked to you about how to, how to have a resolution that's based on you and God and God's resources so that you can't, you absolutely can't fail. Go back and listen to this series over and over again. You know, this is always on our website, impactministries.com. Listen to it over and over and over again. And you know something? If you can't afford to purchase a series or to purchase a book, go over to uh, uh, moveyourboundaries.com. Impact Unlimited makes it possible for you to have access to all of the material that I have just for pennies a day. And you know something? That's why we created this is so that people who didn't have the resources could have access to the resources while helping us to, to reach the world. I'm doing everything I can to invest in your life. It's up to you to make some choices. It's up to you to choose to take this and you invest in your own life, in your own relationship with God. So 
if, if you want to stay connected with me, if you want to get encouragement every single day, download my free mobile app. It'll be a blessing to you. You'll get my daily inspiration. You'll get all kinds of resources made available to you. Sometimes you'll get special offers that are not available to everybody else, but you'll stay connected. Get everybody in your family to have it. That way, whether, they're, whether they want to listen to the audio file of the programs or whether they want to watch the video of the programs, it's all going to be right there on that mobile app. And as soon as this goes off, just take 10 seconds. And if you're watching by YouTube, be sure and subscribe. And I'll be talking to you next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.